Happy New Year and welcome to Tarnast End Podcast episode 365, uh, where Reading kicked off 2024 the right way with a win over Exeter to start what will hopefully be, fingers crossed, a much better calendar year for this football club. Joining me tonight, as always, is my usual co-pilot, Mr. Ross Webber. Um, Ross, I'm going to give you a fact that I heard today, actually, and you, you might like this one. Um, at All this right. very moment in time, you are the youngest you'll ever be again and the closest to death you've ever been before. What do you think about that's that? true. Yeah, we're living in the moment for 2024. That's your resolution. I see that. Yeah, that's true. That's the, that's very true. And for each member of the... Uh, the the Reading squad. This is the closest they have ever been to the takeover of Reading Football Club. So you know exactly. Love that spin. Yeah, but I I saw that and I was like, oh, that's that's quite a good fact. I quite like that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good so, one. Yeah. Um, talking of facts, we must again shout out our fantastic sponsors, uh, ZCZ Films. Uh, we've actually brought. Well, <laughs> I say we've brought. Ross sourced some mics, which we won't name. Uh, we won't name the manufacturer for legal reasons, just in case someone comes after us or whatever. Um, but suffice to say, Ross is going to sound, uh, well, he was described earlier as, as sounding a lot richer vocally. Yeah, it's which a rich. I would agree with. And, and remember, I'm coming off the back of COVID uh, as well. I got home and immediately tested positive for COVID. So my voice is a little, has been racked <laughs> up and down the register over the last couple of weeks. So let's see what comes out today. Uh, yeah. and you're going to hear every single side of my voice, basically. I mean, you are you are sounding fantastic. I mean, people still can't place your accent, but no, that's not the point. The point is that you sound amazing. Thank uh, you. I don't. I just sound normal, whatever I sound like normally, because I haven't unpacked it from the box, because I didn't. So I will get that sorted for next week. Um, but, you know, thanks to, thanks to those guys their support and we're we're kind of doing stuff with them with the the kind of the sponsorship now really we're kind of um ross will we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that he's been doing with with a little bit of that money uh to kind of develop not just the pod but um just the coverage that we we give you at, at tyler stand towers um and and just generally trying to trying to move it on a little bit you know 2024 i think is going to be uh, a, a good year for for our website and you know writers and everything else so um yeah the whole Exactly. Delighted that you guys are with us to, to listen in on the first one of 2024. Um, and of course, uh, a kind of a, a bit of a recap of, of the Exeter game, which you were actually at, Ross, weren't you? So we're going to we're gonna talk about that after this very short break. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films. Reading's oldest ultras. Right, uh, recap. Let's do X. I know it was like a week ago because um, we kind of had a bit of a, a fallow period with with the pod, um, but we did beat Exeter on New Year's Day. Uh, I didn't watch any of it. I was out of the country uh, in Wales. It, it does count because it's a different country technically. Um, Ross, you were there live in person for the second time of the season, third time of the season. Second time, uh, well, I was actually I was at the Cheltenham game as well, but I was there. I guess third game I've been to this season. Second game at the Medeski. Um, talk us for it. What did you like? Uh, yeah, did you, it, did you give it the beans? What happened? Did you buy anything in the in the mega shop? Of course, I bought stuff in the mega shop. I I never get past that mega shop without buying. So I'm a sucker for all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, I've got the the purple turtle and the grey one uh, now. So outfitted for the year but yeah no good game um i thought that it was a game that reading had to win and they did um so i I think it it could have been a a really you know like big moment in terms of that mentality getting out of the relegation zone and feeling like there's a little bit less stress on your shoulders when you go out there next time that goes in the dustbin a little bit obviously because exeter won this weekend so the gap is back to three points uh but the game in hand is gone um that you know so back on level terms in terms of how many games played so um i thought this was a really interesting game um for kind of we saw some interesting tactics mola playing on the right uh of the back four um and we saw him do that i think in the efl trophy against charlton uh in the second half where um 
Simon and yourself and I previously don't think we had really thought he was a footballer before that. And then as soon as he moved over to the right, suddenly I've seen something about him and others have too. They're like, oh, okay, there's something there. Um, I thought he was pretty good defensively in the air. Um, he On the ball, he's a little bit manic. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Alpha Semedo from a, a few years back, who was actually, get, he got around well, but whenever the ball touched his leg, it was just going off flying in some other direction. Um, but the really interesting thing about Mola, and, and the reason I'm talking about him so much, is because Reading were dropping Lewis Wing into sort of a right backish spot quite a bit, and Mola uh, was sort of swapping with him in that sort of eight on the right side position in central midfield and going forward to go in there and contest the long ball that Wing would put in or to provide backup for that. And we saw that pay, um, pay out for Reading uh, in the opening 15 minutes with a goal. So the opening goal. Wing goes back into that right back position, smashes the ball over to Nibs, who's then able to get the ball down. Mola um, is then the player who's able to get the second ball, you know, and give it to Sam Smith um, before he feeds Nibs through. So I thought it was really interesting from um, from Reading. We saw that starting to happen against um, Cheltenham. Um, and and Wing showing up on that right side in the right half space because of where he started the play. Um, but against um, Exeter, it really came good for Reading and, and obviously resulted in a goal. So um, pretty good performance overall. Just wanted to, to flag that particular um, piece of tactics I started. I don't think we ever said that Mola was... Um wasn't a footballer did we That's I certainly did I, I said some pretty rough things about Mola that one's uh like the first few times I saw Mola I was that was I was surprised um but, to say the least let's put it that way yeah look I mean I, I think based on you know based on the things I read I didn't see any of the game at all as I said but he he came across quite well you know obviously he did the ratings and um you know, he, he came out quite favourably for once. And, and look, we love a redemption story at Reading. We're, we're used to those over the years. But actually, like, I don't know whether or not he's got a future at the club. I don't know. But he he certainly seemed to impress a few people than, that maybe kind of alienated previously in a fan base. So, you know, it, it's good to have options, particularly at right back, which has been, um, you know, I know I've had year done over the, over the years, but it's been a bit of a sticky one recently in terms of injuries and suspensions and, and Bengay being in Bengay and all this kind of stuff. So Well, that's the thing, right? I think, you. not to cut you off, sir, but I think Mola had to start because um, and Bengay had had the game that he had against um, Cheltenham. And, it, and obviously it would be unfair to put the whole game and the whole removal of Mbengay just for that own goal that he scored delightfully off buttons behind. Um, but he also lost a few balls um, or gave the ball away and um, put the ball out for throw-ins at times when he necessarily didn't need to there. So, yeah, I think he needed to come out personally. Um, I mean, moving away from the pitch, you know, that, that game effectively marked the last time that we would, well, currently see Andrew Sparks and, and Eddie Nedzvicki, who were... Uh, Who've departed the club as of Friday, I believe, Thursday, Friday last week, officially. Yeah, um, recently. Yeah, been been made uh, officially, well, unofficially, officially, I wouldn't call it, but they're, they're basically it, it, part of cost-cutting exercises, um, which, you know, for a, a professional football club in 2024 is, is quite something really to be looking at full-time members of staff or what we're led to believe are full-time members of staff in, in Eddie Nesvicki and, and basically terminating their contracts. Uh, we understand mutually, of course, but you know you never want to see people lose their job at any level, regardless of whether they would, would be able to get a job sort of straight away after. Um, I mean, it it's, it's not a surprise given where we are financially, but to have the assistant manager um, kind of removed from his role uh, as a result of these financial issues is still quite shocking, right, Ross? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so, uh, of course. And um, I feel like something, I don't know, I feel like something I'd noted was that earlier in the off-season, we didn't necessarily... Um, cut costs in, in in as many places in the technical staff as I expected for a relegated side. Um, maybe there was a, maybe there's too much going on, quite frankly, in the front office to, to really do anything other than copy and paste what we did last season. Um, and maybe, um, 
you know, Mark Bowen was was distracted elsewhere with all of those things. But it did seem that um, Sellers got a pretty complete staff still. You know, I know that's been commented on a few times this season. So it does almost feel like the the relegation uh, redundancies have kicked in in the last month or so. We saw that with the staff as well, rather than necessarily in the summer right after relegation when you might have expected. So I think that a few of these are relegation hangovers, but I also think that it's really annoying for that to happen in the middle of the season, you know, especially when we've just gone and, and built some momentum with the with the eight points over the festive period, um, with playing better since November. You know, one of the one of the things that um, I think has come out in some of the player interviews that have been made public in the last week is that you know the players are doing their best and they don't know if the owner's going to screw them um, in the league in the in the last few months. So it's not a great start to 2024 if you're hoping that we're going to be on the straight and narrow now, um, owner wise. I think, and I think that obviously with the other deals falling through, it's just more frustration, more mm. stagnation. I, I think it's a really interesting one with Sparks because obviously you know a lot of a lot of people have kind of commented and picked up on the point that he was absent from the touchline for quite a long period of time before this news came out. And mm-hmm. Sellers, I, I can't remember which game it was after, I think it was a home game, had basically said that he'd been um, physically put upstairs in the stand to kind of be an analyst and, and kind of work with not so much the video guys, but just kind of, you know, look at it from a bird's eye point of view and kind of ring down and that classic yeah. kind of Sam Allardyce, um, uh, Sammy McElroy type. Um, not sorry, is it Sammy McElroy? You know, Sammy uh, Lee. Sammy Lee. Sammy, Sammy yeah, yeah. That's a great um, shout, by the way. One of the original. Yeah. It, it's very odd. Sorry, just quickly. It's a really good shout, Sam Allardyce. Like, it's a really odd one to think back on now, Big Sam. But he was one of the first, you know, along with Wenger and all these guys, one of the first guys really bringing all of this, like, top-down yeah. analysis of everything uh, into the club. It's just a funny it, one. It's crazy, honestly. And, you know, and you think about the kind of, the kind of success and then lack of success that, that Sammy Lee had as a result of, of Sam Allardyce moving on. Anyway, we'll stop talking about Bolton, but that's that's kind of the thing they, they were seemingly going on. And I, I just feel from a personal perspective that was probably more of a smokescreen in terms of where the relationship was heading mm. because, you know, you, you understand if an assistant manager gets poached and, you know, by trade he's a goalkeeping coach. Uh, so he was and he was looked at by Sheffield Wednesday. I think there's other clubs looking at him as well. Um but it, 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 it just seems, as you said, the timing of it is is a little bit strange. Um, you know, there are a lot of, of coaches at the club. There are a lot of backroom staff there that, that maybe didn't have changes in contracts as a result of relegation. We don't know for sure, of course, because only they will know and the club will know. But, you know, kind of speculation has, has been running a little bit on that one. Um, and it, it just seems very strange because any time or anyone that was at the Purple Turtle event in the summer, uh, and, and Sparks was there. He, he spoke really, really well. Probably the best out of all of them, really. You know, Noel Hunt gave quite an emotional, um, you know, monologue type thing. Uh, Sellers was really good at answering the questions and what he wanted to do with this team. Obviously, it hasn't panned out the way that he or anyone else would have expected at this point. But Sparks, there was, there was something slightly different about him in terms of his already kind of analysing the team tactically and talked a lot about his, his kind of history with, with football and where he'd been and, you know, growing up in and around kind of the Swansea area. So it's um it's an interesting one, really, to, to see him go. And I've got no doubt that he will he will walk into another job. Um, you know, he, he will be very sought after in this day and age. Nedzvicki is a slightly different one because obviously his official title was Head of Player Development, which is uh, it's quite a loose term, I guess. Uh, you know, you could argue that that's to do with loan spells or arranging loan spells. Could be to do with bringing the youth players through. Really, really don't know. But we know that his association with, with Mark Bowen goes back a long way. He was always very, very close with, with Mark Hughes. Um, and, you know, that that's an interesting one. I mean, what what do you think happens to his particular role at the club moving forward, Ross? I feel like Bowen's going to have to step um, more into that and um, the academy director on the other side is, and the U21s coach in No Hunt are going to have to take on you know, more responsibility themselves. Um, it felt a little bit to me like, because I felt so far this season that Bowen and Sellers have been a relatively united front um like especially when like the non-payment of wages was happening and stuff like that and they were together um you know deferring wages until that was sorted out um i don't know that for sure anymore obviously but 
um, just a theory. It looked a little bit to me like it was, all right, you've got to lose one and I've got to lose one in terms of staff members. So Sellers lost Sparks and, and Bowen lost Nijviki, who, you know, I think a lot of what his role will have been will have been to be a voice for Bowen on the training ground and um, in the academy and, and all of the, you know, technical and, and footballing um, departments that Bowen wants to have a wants to have a, a, a big voice in. So, yeah, I would say that to, to step up, to fill that role, I think Noel Hunt is just going to have to take more and more work, basically, as the um, more and more work than I imagine he ever thought he would be when he originally got his contract. But um, at least we have a, a Reading man through and through in that role, um, for sure. I, the, around now, around this sort of time in a club's history, you definitely need a few of those around who, um, you know, are, are very much a part of the club. Um, for lack of a better term. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a mix of, of Bowen and, and Noah Hunt. And in terms of what happens with Sellers and, and his coaching staff, I, I think that that's just going to – and Sparks leaving, obviously, I think that's just going to be down to Sellers having to kick in even more, basically, which he's already yeah, jumped I mean, up it, a few it, times. They're going to have to split the load a little bit on there. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't quite know. Obviously, he would have been involved with the goalkeeping, but, you know, we've got Tony Warner still who's, who's still there. Um, mm-hmm. who, who will be sort of involved in, in coaching the, the goalkeeper? I really as want well. a hug off Tony Warner. Sorry, just a side. Massive. massive man. Looks yeah. very cuddly. Like not, Physics. he's not. Um, I don't mean jolly or 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 fat by any regards in this. I just mean he just looks. <laughs> I don't think you can just, say that at this day and age. No, but he just looks comfortable, like to cuddle. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, I, he he is physically massive. He's he's yeah. huge. I mean, he he I reckon he can still do a job in goal to be honest with you. But yeah, uh, maybe yeah. still does. Maybe still plays five side or eleven side or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, he's 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 very very big up up close. Um, quick story before we move on about Elena's Vicky. So I, I had a, well, still have a very good friend, but we were we were really close back in the day. A friend of mine, Gary, who's a huge or is a huge Chelsea fan, and we went to the Chelsea training ground in must have been ninety six or ninety seven, and it was around a time that they had Viali, they had Zola, they had all these kind of players that were like top draw. Uh, they had Mark yeah. Hughes there at the time as well playing, and um, Elena Zvicky was a was a goalkeeping coach, and you know they kind of it was it was a bit old school really. So they they do all this training, and then afterwards, like you basically just ran on to with your autograph book. There was no phones or, or anything like that in those days, so you get your autograph book and you get them to sign it, all the rest of it. And it was it was basically just carnage. Um, and Elinez Vicky was the only one who was like really polite and said, "Right, everyone is getting a line." And people, you know, no one really knew who he was, but people were asking for his autograph and stuff. He got, he got everyone in a line, right? And Gary's dad, uh, Bob, who is oh, he's, he's huge. He's about six foot fifteen yeah. or something. He's absolutely massive tattoos, moustache, everything. <laughs> Where all these kids are getting in line, ready to get their autograph. And he gets in the line at the back as well. And I say Perfect. to Gary, like, what's your dad do? He's like, oh, he's just queuing up to speak to Eddie. I was like, well, if he's not getting an autograph, he could probably just jump around the other side. But it was it was stupid. And I, every time I, I see Eddie Ned's Vicky, I just think of that story because he was like, I've done this a million times, lads. Get in a line. It will get done a lot quicker. You can all have an autograph and say hello and whatever, but we're doing this the right way. That's so, a man um, who'd been to Disney World recently. He saw the lines of how they you know, line up for Goofy or whatever, and he was like, exactly. right, I'm going to get some of that organization. It, it wasn't his first radio, and it, it still makes me laugh to this day, to be honest with you. So we wish, we wish both of them uh, you know, very best wishes. Obviously, Eddie's been with the club on and off for... Uh, Oh, decades really long time so um yeah we wish them all the best and, and hope that it turns out all right for them um let's move on to the mailbag because uh, we've got a few, a few little nibbles bits and pieces that we can uh, we can talk through there so we will be back right after this break keep up to date with all things reading fc follow the tilehurst end on facebook and twitter this podcast is proudly sponsored by zcz films remember if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show Drop us an email to the End at gmail.com. Right, welcome back to the Tilehurst End episode uh, 365, or should I say episode of the podcast 365. Um, we're going to start with uh, Mr. Ryan Jeffries. We, we need to get him back on, actually, Ross. We need to, yeah. we need to get him back on uh, sooner rather than later because he, he's great on the on the podcast. Um, oh, he I messaged... actually, I, I mixed up Ryan Jefferson and Benjamin Vickers in my head there because they're often first on the mailbag. But Ryan, okay, let's go. Yeah, What's Ryan's up, Ryan? Ryan's Ryan's been on the pod a few times actually, but we're we're going to get you back on, mate. We will. It, it's it's 
prompted me to to get another another one on because um you, you've done really you know really really good stuff with us so um but thanks for thanks for you know sending a a question into a pod that you appear on i, I appreciate that's dedication right um he says first of all happy new year uh, to to us to both of us not like that but you know to, to both of us um and he says if joel Pereira impresses again against brighton under 21s which we will talk about in the preview later on in the pod would either of you start him ahead of button i don't know if it's just my eyes but i'm tired of button's terrible distribution and average shot stopping um which is a big fat yes from me it's a big jolly yes from me um i uh, do I rate Button? Not really. Uh, I, I don't think he's he's really what what we need. I don't think he's particularly good personally. Um, he's done all right up until this point, but I, you know, I think I've said before I would much rather see Pereira in goal, at least given the opportunity to impress um, in in kind of the, the bread and butter of the league games. Um, where are you? Where are you at with with the goalkeepers at the moment, Ross? What what are you thinking? Um. So, with the caveat that um, Button made two important saves versus Cheltenham um, that kept us in that game before we did come back at it, um, I'm I'm I, I would like to see Pereira get a few games at, at this point, um, especially if we can get ourselves out of the relegation zone again and and get a little gap there. I'm going to want to see Pereira because. Button's distribution, as we talked about, has been really poor. Um, in the short game, he's not bad, um, but he doesn't really necessarily step into the, the, you know, the back line of defenders to help out. We don't see that at all, really, in in build up. Um, and then going long, he started the season not great, and he's just sort of regressed from there. We talked about how I think against Exeter, he tried eight long balls and failed to connect on a single one. Um, so, you know there's a little element in that of um you know sam smith not being six foot five and being able to knock everything down um but reading when they want to can get a ball down out of the sky it's why they put wing back there to put the ball forward in the air sometimes and they'll contest it with two players and they'll often come up with the ball so it's not like reading can't make a long ball forward it's the button can't really do it right now and so um obviously there is a school of thought that shot stopping is the most important thing from a goalkeeper um but reading are actually relatively good at um making sure that the other team doesn't get to shoot that much if they're in control of a game um they do when they concede a chance tend to concede a pretty high danger chance um but they don't tend to concede much out outside of that, right? So you'll get one big chance where there'll be a defensive mix-up and it'll have gone all the way through. You'll get something like the goal against Exeter, whereby it's just sort of ping-ponging in the box and no one can really get a full foot on it to hoof it away. Sometimes Reading don't clear the ball as soon as they should. Um, but Button would be a man who should be, you know, sort of leading his box through that and, and communicating, but we've talked quite a few times before about how that hasn't happened and how the communication got noticeably better as soon as Tom Holmes um, was in the team for a few games. So outside of every now and again, um, making saves like the ones against Cheltenham, which are impressive and keep us in games, he'll have a bunch of games where he doesn't even make a save and we still concede a goal or two. Um, so Button's not offering a whole lot and he's causing issues in build-up. So yeah, I'd I'd mix it. I I go over to Pereira at this point for sure. Here's a kind of out of the box question for you, um, mm. and this is this would be purely um, circumstantial and, and anecdotal as an answer. Do you think that David Button has won us more points with him being in goal, or cost us more points with him being in goal? Uh, ha, ha. ha that's a good question. Um, Thanks. That's right. I don't I need to get one in on a pod. No, that's a very good question. I because I, I that's actually sending me in a few ways right now. Do, what do you think, Ben? Said Ross, <laughs> aiming for more time to think. Yeah, I, I, ask answer a question with another question. Um, what do I think? I think that there has been times when he could do an awful lot better with yeah. what is essentially pretty awful attacking play in front of him. I think uh, my issue. <laughs> is that he tends to play best when the rest of the team is playing uh, absolutely awfully. So it's noticeable yeah, exactly. the button isn't playing as poorly as everybody else. Or he's yeah. just getting more chances to not perform as poorly because this the ball is it. coming back his way. Yeah. You know, I think, 
I think there's there's a balance. You know, you obviously you tie it in and you always go well. Goalkeepers only as good as his defence and what's in front of him. Of course, that's the case because you know if the defence do their job or the midfield do their job or, or even the, the, the strikers do their job in terms of defending from the front from that kind of you know nineteen seventies style of football, but you know the, the, the goalkeeper from a defensive point of view doesn't get a look in because the ball doesn't get there, right? But in right. terms of the basics, you know, I I never feel. You know, you talked about commanding his box and communication previously, which is for me is absolutely spot on. You know, I I, I completely agree that that's not really been um, high on the on the list of, of positives and strengths that he's got. But you know, in terms of just just those basics, in terms of defending set pieces, coming out, you know, coming off his line, um, you know, claiming the ball and so on. For me, I. I look at it and go, well, if I was if I was a centre back, would I feel confident with him behind me? Probably not, you know. And, yeah. and I've, I've been in the stadium enough this season, the games that he's played where there's been no one there, and I can't hear a word. He's, I'm, you know, not like I'm, I'm looking for an audio transcript, but I can't hear him, you know, effing and blinding and shouting at his players. Which and you can hear the yeah. other players. Wait, right, like exactly. you can, I, I can always hear Charlie when he comes on. Um, yeah. You can hear. I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the others. I can hear Lewis now quite a lot, which is quite funny. At a really funny moment in a Cheltenham game, uh, where he was trying to get Binden to throw him the ball quickly through a throw, and he goes, "Now, now, now, now! God's <laughs> sake!" Yeah, like, <laughs> this, this is the straight. thing, right? This is what you want to hear at this level. You want, you want, you know, the, the under twenty one games I, I go to purely just to see how the players are communicating with each other because it echoes mm-hmm. around that stadium. It's the same with the COVID game when we were allowed back in against um, Forest. You know, Liam mm. Moore did not shut up for the whole of the game, and he was coaching yes. players through it. Right, and actually, when you look at the technically the inexperience of, of youth that we've had in that team um, in terms of defence this season up until Holmes coming back. I feel that he needs to be doing more. Now, he might be, you know, a silent whisperer in terms of the way that he communicates with people, but I, I like a goalkeeper that shouts. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. any time I play five-a-side, you've got to look at how Larry the goalkeeper is because they'll talk to you and they'll coach you through the game, right? He, For me, he needs to do that. Now, whether or not Pereira will be able to do that, I don't know. But based on Ryan's original question, I feel like he, he probably needs to be given a chance to be able to see if he's up to the job or not. That that would be yep. my opinion. Um I would well. He will start tomorrow night. There's no reason why he wouldn't against Brighton in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy, as it's currently known this week. Um, but <laughs> uh, see, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I know it? it'll be something new next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I feel like he probably should be given a, a chance in the league um, to yeah. to keep one really. So, really good question, Brian. That's why you um, are in a lot of the time, um, and we will get you back on pretty soon, mate. So, thanks for that, um, John House. Players starting to speak out is probably worth a mention. Um, mm. If you if you're not really sure what John's referring to, we had some comments from Sam Smith last week. We had a podcast. Was it called the Rugby Ramble podcast that he was on, or something uh, like that? It was something a little uh, surprising. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily like the first place you go to for Reading FC player opinions. Yeah, well, he. I mean, we haven't asked him one, but we would, you know. We'd always have current players on if they were allowed within their contracts to come on a Reading fan podcast, as I'm sure any other Reading fan podcast would. But anyway, Tom McIntyre has has been on a podcast recently and has, has said various things. It will be online, so you know by all means Google it. Um, but he's basically called out, uh, you know, the, the situation at the club and said that it's you know bad and all the rest of it. Um, I mean, there, there were there were two lines of thought to this, really. You know, there were some fans going, well, why did he not do this when it was all kicking off sort of earlier on in the summer or earlier on in, in 2023? Why is it now the case that, you know, takeover is, is kind of a say gathering pace? It's not, as far as we know, but it's it's kind of in the offing in terms of, of Dai wanting to sell the club. You know, there are there are people saying actually it's, it's a safe space now for him to go and do that because everyone else is doing it. Why did he not? Uh, speak up previously um you know i, I kind of made the comparison i was talking to ross and sim about this on online um about sam bulldock uh, a couple of years ago when he went everything's rubbish 
and and I thought I thought everyone basically said, "Oh, shut up, Sam!" Like, would they believe you? But Ross and Sam was like, "No, everyone believed it." So it's just I, a banter days of still. I think at that point, everyone's brain was still on the like, "We could get out of the championship thing," which yeah. I think twenty of twenty four teams in the championship go into that attitude every year. Oh, uh, go True. into the tournament with that attitude every year. So. Um, whereas now, um, obviously when we're all a bit more like, okay, we're, yes, we're not, we know that things are a bit wild and now there isn't like something to distract you on the field as well about that. So I don't know. I think, I think as well with, with Sam at that point, it, you know, he probably knew that he wasn't going to get another contract here and it was towards yeah. the end of the season, wasn't it? So he was probably like, do you know what? Shove it. Is yeah. my opinion. Um, and obviously the, you know, Sam Smith and, and I don't know why I always say Sam Smith. Why don't I just say Smith? No, that's all right. Sam Smith. Some that's actually a thing. Like some footballers are never um, just their name, like last name or or first name or something. They're always it's always it's like the first and then the last name. I, I, like uh, you tend to hear like Trent Alexander Arnold a lot. Um, yeah, you very rarely hear Alexander Arnold. Um, Harry funny. Kane. That's a good one. Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe, always uh, okay. No Defoe, just Jermaine Defoe. With it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who's quick enough to say their name, yeah. Sometimes they're just players who always come out in, as their full name. If you if you can think of any other footballers where it's always the full name that's given, do get in touch yeah. by the usual channels because we'd love to hear from you. They don't have yep. to be Reading related. Massar, Massar is always a really good ex-Reading player. No one okay. ever says Sar; they always say Massar. Shaka Hislop, no one would ever say Hislop would be weird. It makes you think of Have I Got More News For You or whatever it's called. Yeah, Yeah. we'll be talking about weird. Um, Anyway, so Sam Smith, there we go, and uh, Tom McIntyre. (laughs) Is it always? T-Mac. All right, but yeah, I don't know. Now it's going to be stuck in your brain, so you're going to have to get out of it now, yeah. Emil Heskey, that's another one. Hesky. You never say Hesky. Okay. Emil Hesky. No, Emil is always on there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Move on. We could be here for hours. We could. Yeah, we could. But do do get in touch if you think of any like that. Um, what what do you what do you think about this? Where where are you kind of sitting? Do you just go? Yeah, it's part of the course. Another day at Reading Football Club, where you know you've got you've got under contract players uh, basically slagging off the club's ownership. Um, quite rightly, by the way. Uh, yeah. Is it? Is it? Do you think it's high tide someone came out and did that? You know, where are you out of it, Russ? What's the owner going to do? Withdraw more funding? I I mean, like, you know, at which point... It seems that the the goal of the ownership right now is to avoid sporting sanctions so that they don't have to sell a League 2 club. That seems just about all everyone's trying to do. Um, Whereas comforts for the players, which... I know it sounds so stupid for guys that are paid like a decent amount of money, but comforts for the players in terms of like uh, their food situation at training and at games and before games and things and not getting a hotel like before the game and stuff. This stuff all sounds like so much like first world problems. Uh, oh, oh no, the footballer can't like have you know food in whatever place they want with it. But this stuff matters to footballers because they could just leave and go anywhere else and get all of these little luxuries back, and then their lives are much easier. They can focus on just playing the damn game. So I would be annoyed if, like, you know, I've spent the last ten years of my life used to having someone cooking for me all the time, and now I've got to deal with. I, I think they were talking about the cooking staff now providing yeah. meals, but not being there at the, the stadium. So they're it's all going more like as the click and collect, aren't they? That's what they Right, doing. basically, yeah. So it's just adding more stuff in for the the players to do rather than uh, just be allowed to focus on their football. Which again, I know it's really hard to sympathise with, but I get why players are talking about it because when the little things go, that can often be the thing that, especially when your wife is saying to you or something like, "Oh, this is annoying. We used to get this, and now we don't." Um, I can, and that's nagging at you when you're at home and you're just trying to like go about your evening or whatever. Yeah, I can understand why this stuff winds you up, quite frankly. I um, I realised that I just said ASDA. Um, okay. There are other supermarkets available that offer click and collect services, so please don't mm. think that the Tilehurst End podcast or affiliates uh, just go to ASDA because some of us do, some of us don't. So we're good. Don't yeah, worry about you it. go to Walmart. That's a branch of Asda, isn't it? That is a that is, Asda is a branch of Walmart. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And Other I've, way around. I've just realised that I've said Walmart, and what I actually mean is there are other large, massive shops in America that are available. So yes, yeah. Um, 
I know we always talk about it, but if you haven't watched the film Moneyball, watch Moneyball because there is a scene in it where David Justice, who's like the star marquee player at that point for the Oakland Athletics, is trying to get a Pepsi out of the vending machine and it it, it doesn't work uh, because he's got to put a dollar in um, because it's American. And uh, he's like, what? Never seen anything like that before. And then they have this, it's like a running theme about paying for soda and Pepsi and all that sort of stuff. And this is this is where we're at at this football club, right? And, you know, Peter Martire, who is a, a great contributor to the mailbag, um, it goes on to say, what's your take on the recent news? No hotels for players and staff for away games, as Ross oh, mentioned earlier. Uh, Compass withdrawal of catering staff due to non-payment, redundancies. Feels to me like the next couple of months we'll either see a new owner or administration or both. Do you know what? I think that the, the fight, and I'm, I'm not being flippant here, right? But I honestly think there's going to be, there's going to come a point where I'm going to walk into the Dolan and there's going to be no condiments available. I can yeah. just see it now, right? <laughs> you know those little sticks you get to stir tea or coffee or whatever? Yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. They'll be gone. Napkins. Gone. Bring your own. Right, uh, what yeah. else? Like ketchups, mustard, all that stuff. Right. That this is this is like honestly, this stuff is real, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. It it is it is funny. Like the little things are are what'll start to go. I think at this point. And you're like right. I I I, I do kind of agree with the um with the listener there that um we could be looking at uh, administration or a takeover in the next few months because something has to change because we're not really able to pay for the basics anymore, it seems like. So, um, yeah, something's got to change. It's, you know, all those all those things, and, and it really is, um, you know, if you'd said a year ago that we were, we were laying off kind of not just staff, but like assistant managers in the middle of the season, mm. you, you wouldn't have believed it, would you? Um, no, it's tin pot to use a term that I know that you like. Yeah. It is tin pot, yeah, it is. Um, Paul Mortimer says, and only one question, what's happening with the ownership? Um, Paul, who knows? You're, you're asking the wrong guys. We, we we like to give you as much as we can, but it's all gone very quiet. All gone very yeah. quiet. Um, yeah, and I wonder how much of that, I mean, like, I'm sure some of that has to do with the time of year. I, You know, obviously things go a little bit dead in, in those three weeks, I'd say, like, before during the Christmas kind of nether region and then afterwards, <laughs> you know, it kind of goes a bit dead. But um, I think that before that happened, there was certainly uh, news that the Ginevra deal was looking pretty shaky if it was ever going to go ahead because of some of the change stipulations after they have been chosen as the preferred bidder. So it doesn't seem like there is much going on at the moment, which is a shame. I wonder if, you know, the, the kind of the end of the tax year is going to have anything to do with the takeover. Um, I don't know. It, I don't know how it works, quite frankly. But you know, if you're looking to purchase a business, do you, do you try and do that before the end of the tax? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just clutching straws. But um, I, my personal opinion at the moment is I don't think it'll happen this season. No, I, okay. I think I will be there until the end of the season. Personally, now unless we get some new news, new news in in you know the next couple of weeks or whatever. But I just don't see. I I think more people will leave the club before we get taken over. That, that's this, my personal. No, it's it's probably a fair opinion at this point that we're in. Uh, I don't know. It feels like we're in fairly dire needs. Yeah, maybe some things will start breaking in the next couple of weeks that suggest no, we're actually a little further down the pipe. But it feels like we're back in like the late no- October, early November times right now when mm. not a whole lot was really moving forward. Well, we'll see how that pans out. Um, just to just to wrap up the the mailbag, Ross. Uh, you've been working on you've been working on loads of stuff, right? You've been working Ryan. on yeah. So um, and you started it the right way earlier by starting talking about it a bit when you're saying thank you to ZCZ Films. Um, and we've talked about you know my voice; it's very rich, it's textured today because we're <laughs> we're using a, a, an actual podcast microphone and, and a proper setup. One of the other things we've been able to um, get involved with is more actual um clips analysis and and stuff like that if you're into tactical um twitter or or just football tactics and in general um you'll know you may be aware of a a program called y scout that basically allows us to isolate um particular styles of play or, or phases of play um so 
what this allows me to do is just create a lot more analysis much more quickly. So the videos that you guys have been getting so far, which have been mostly on individual players or how players play positions, um, I'm certainly working on more of those. Um, there's a big one coming out later this week on, on Reading's build-up style um, and, and how we do that in our own third, basically. And um, doing this stuff is really, really interesting um, for me, and I, and I hope it's interesting for you guys. Um, if you're not a, a Twitter user, um, we are going to still try and get those threads that are put together that aren't videos onto the website so that you can read those as well. Um, they'll kind of just be a little bit more detail for some of the things that uh, we go over in the videos. But the goal really is to make a lot more of these in, in 2024 and, and try and provide some sort of tactical analysis um, as well as the um you know the cultural and the um the sporting analysis you know that you, that you get it's still very much eye test stuff um you know it's not all diving headfirst into stats although i do like that stuff um but i think the yeah um again thanks to zzz films for for sort of giving us the ability to be able to make these things because it's it's really exciting I think that's a good point, though, because like actually, there's a lot of um, you know we, we've talked about it in this pod, and and we know that the, the environment around Redden is negative. But what Ross is doing is just picking out little passages of play that you can kind of focus in on and go, well, actually, you know, on first glance, it doesn't look like it's working. But when 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 you see the videos that Ross does, it's kind of repetition in them in terms of the examples that he uses. So you know, definitely check those out. And j- just as a reminder as well, we, we talk a lot about. Twitter in terms of where we get our questions from and stuff. You can always get in touch with us um, for the pod or just anything in general uh, via our Gmail um, email address. Everything that we post on Twitter goes on the website as standard. So, you know, via Google, you can just kind of tap in there or even better bookmark it or favorite it or whatever you want as as the website. Um, Most of it goes on Facebook, but they're kind of, their logistics are a little bit different to the way that other stuff runs and we're also on youtube as well so we've got a, a kind of a yes. channel in there that, that you can watch and they're particularly good for these videos that ross is doing uh the pod is always on the youtube any yep. post-match videos that i do or comments that i do will be on youtube too so it you know we, we talk a lot about twitter but if you're not on twitter don't feel like you can't uh, access what we're talking about because it's it's on those platforms as well and if you ever yeah. if you're ever struggling to you know, to find them, just get in touch with us and we can we can help you out. Um, and likewise, if, if you want, you know, if you have, Ross is, is really good in terms of being on Twitter and asking people for suggestions for stuff, but just email, you know, just email him or, or us or whatever and just say, actually, can you have a look at, I don't know, what Clinton yeah, Moller's doing really well at the moment. For sure. <laughs> We want to know what you're interested in and which players you're interested in so that we can make you content that you that you want to watch and you want to listen to, basically. So, um, yeah, opportunity to, to make more content, guys, and looking to seize that with, with both hands in 2024. So if there are things that you want to know about, shout them at us. Yeah, Just shout them, um, and, and we'll probably hear it. Literally shout them, yeah, and you're gonna have to shout yeah. really loud across the Atlantic to get to Ross. Right, exactly, um, yeah, yeah. If you can shout into the internet cable, I'll be more likely to hear it. Yeah, and so. send him a, a snowplow as well. Exactly. I could, yes, yeah. that'll be great. Um, right, we're gonna head into the preview. I think preview. Yes, we do that now. There's another huge game ahead for the Royals, so be loud and be proud for the big match preview. Alrighty, welcome back to part three of the Talhassan podcast, episode 365. Uh, we are recording this on a Monday night. We're getting back round to, we finally, finally made up the time. We're, we're kind of pulling back round to, to recording at the start of the week as opposed to, uh, you know, the, the end of the week, basically. Um, and we play uh, Brighton and Hove Albion under 21s, uh, the Amex Community Stadium. Imagine that, Ross, a credit card for the elite called the Community Stadium incredible uh, yeah i mean like the whole tournament was called the capital one cup at one point so it's suspicious they might be rigging yeah, it totally. looking to that yeah um but anyway we we play them at seven o'clock so if you're going down a bit of an early start from here to uh to sussex west sussex um yeah i mean it's an interesting one because i think it's a good opportunity to progress personally without without doing them a disservice i think we've been all right in that cup well i know we've been all right in the cup um getting to this point i think it's it's not the worst draw that we could have given the teams that are still in there and i think it's um it's a viable opportunity to be able to progress 
further in the competition and as I said hopefully get to Wembley at the end of it um, it is live on Royals TV for a princely sum of £10 which you can do online not that I'm on commission at all but uh, I, I will certainly be watching that because it's a good opportunity to to see hopefully some some younger players chip in for us as well um, let's let's talk a little bit about the lineup because it's it's a it's a tricky one really for sellers isn't it because he could go all out he could go full strength and and really go for it but we've got another big game coming up um, on Saturday against Port Vale who we'll, we'll talk about sort of later on what you know what would you do if you were sellers for this game Ross would you kind of sprinkle it with a few inexperienced players would you keep the backbone the same um, you know what what would you do for this particular match yeah I think um I think a mix is probably the the right way to go, right? Like, um, and there are players who got into the last lineup, like Vickers, who aren't necessarily, uh, and Mola, who aren't necessarily a hundred percent in that team at the moment, uh, in terms of the first team. So maybe you start those guys. Um, I think we were talking about RFC latest's um lineup beforehand, where they had Wareham up top, and we liked that idea. Um, it'd be good to start getting Wareham some more games. Um, but I do agree that progressing in this tournament past this stage would and getting to a quarterfinal of a, of a tournament would be a good little boost for the club again and any kind of moral boost can find for the club right now what you want to take um you want to hope that the the footballing like impetus can sort of drive some of the um just drive some of the passion and what's going on behind the scenes so um while I want to see youngsters play, I, w- I want to get through uh, at this point. Um, and with there not having been a game for a week and a bit, and then there being, you know, another decent break between Tuesday and Saturday. Um, yeah, you want to see some of those better players come in. I would quite like to see what the team looks like without Harvey Nibs in it at the moment. And I, I think there is a suggestion that he had as a very small knock or illness or something um which could keep him out of the game um on on tuesday so nibs has been quite important to how we build recently and he's been um or not how we build sorry but how we attack um in the opposition's half um both with the way in which he wins the ball back um and with the runs that he makes so i'd quite like to see what the team looks like without him in it um without him and wing in it really just to see what we can create with um when we don't have him so that probably means bringing savage in for um a start if not the whole game um to to see what he can replicate i thought um he was important in the build-up for the exeter winner um from aziz um so i we know that he can be creative um and and that's somewhere someone i think i'd like to see in this game for sure well, I think Pereira will start in goal, as we, as we mentioned earlier. There's no reason for him not to, quite frankly. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think it's a good shout from RFC latest in terms of having Wareham up top. Uh, now, whether or not players like Wellins, uh, you know, Billy Clark maybe will, will make the squad for the bench. Who knows? We don't know. Um, but I, I think I think there will be. I think there will be some consistency to the to the lineup in terms of sellers looking at this game and going, we can win this game. You know, there's no reason why we can't be confident here. Um, yeah, I, I think the key question really is is what happens at fullback. You know, whether or not he starts Mbengue on the right and, and Mo on the left. Um, you know, because we've got those options there. Now, whether or not we see the reintroduction of players in and around the squad like Harley Dean. Um, potentially Nesta Guinness Walker, who seemingly has dropped off the face of the earth. Um, whether or not we have Vickers in the team starting eleven as well, it 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 will be interesting to see how hard he goes without sounding like you know Velko Panovic. But like this is um, this is a really really good, good opportunity. Reference. Yeah, well, I try. I think. Those players that have been frozen out from from just the like squad lineups, it seems like Dean is closest of anybody. Um, yeah. Although it did seem like he was doing a lot to sort of help with the coaching actually before the Exeter game, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm. Um, he was sort of helping put the starting defense through its paces before the game started, which was very interesting. Brighton are going to come into this with confidence. Um, they, this is the this is the furthest they've got in this competition i believe since the u21 team started playing and um they're, they're speaking about it in a way that suggests that the players who think they're going to play are excited about it i believe they beat mk dons 4-0 in the previous round so they're a side that does have some fluency to it when they get things mm. right 
Um, and obviously Brighton, um, just in general, their first team, I, I love the way Brighton play football. Um, they're, they're really, I don't know, just, I just think it's really exciting and very adventurous way to play. And so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, whether the youth players are playing in a similar system or, or whether it's something different there. But you would think with a team with us joined up thinking of Brighton, they're probably going to want to play a similar way all the way down. Um, so I'm excited to see how they play, but I'd like to keep the defense fairly solid so that we have a good answer to that um, dynamism. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel confident, you know, we've, we run for us, we're in what would be classed as a, as a good run of form. You know, Christmas was, was very good to us. You know, the players did well, they, they dug in. Hung in on games and, and picked up points, and that's kind of what we needed. You know, you were right when you said about, um, you know, X to not being a must lose, and we, we didn't lose it. And and you know, we did, we've, we at the moment currently we're holding our end up of the bargain. Um, I, I just feel that this is another game that that would be good to continue to develop that spine, uh, in, in terms of looking at it and saying, well, played last Monday, you know, it's been a, a week and a bit up until tomorrow when we play again. And then we've got that a few days recovery when we play. We're back to kind of playing Saturday and, and Port Vale. So I think it's a really good opportunity. And, and, and honestly, um, I would be disappointed if we lost this game uh, for, for a number of reasons. But it would just be good to, to go as far as we can in this competition and, and just get some fun back in and just get some feel good back to the club, even if it it's not a cup that, that we never, you know, we never anticipated and we never really wanted us to play in. It's still a cup that we can go and, and, and try and flex our muscles in a bit, really. Mm-hmm. Um, that that kind of leads us on, really, to, to, to wrap up the pod in terms of Port Vale on the 13th, losing track of the days here, which is back at the Silicon Eastern Stadium at three o'clock on, on Saturday. Um, what what have you made of of kind of Port Vale? You know, because obviously we had an absolute horror show against them back towards the you know the back end of the summer, um, yeah. and that was kind of like a real game where things started to, to to kick off a little bit with the players, and you know we saw Holmes removed, we saw kind of Hutchinson sort of beginning to be on the way out, or that wasn't quite the end for him just yet. You know, what what have you made of Port Vale kind of since that period of time? Uh, when we when we played them last, they had a good um, first few weeks of the season uh, or, or first couple of months, and they managed to um, I think surprise a few, including us. Obviously, um, that game was awful, wasn't it? Like that mm. that that felt like the the clear out that was meant to happen over the summer actually happened after that game because um, yeah. it was just so bad um, that that people couldn't it couldn't go on like that you know do you it cannot go on like this to um yeah so i think the this is one whereby we were going to want to show how far we've come um and then also hopefully immediately close that three point gap again we just closed it obviously against exeter last time out when we were at home we're going to be at home again um and i think this is going to be a chance to show um that we are better than we were earlier this season um port vale as well they haven't been bad, really, at any point this season. They've been sliding down the table a little bit now and, and over the festive period picked up two losses out of four. Um, so they're not invincible by any means. I, I would say that Charlton, a team that we've played uh, a few times this season already and have had bad result against, but have also had a good result against with a weaker team, um, they're probably a team around that sort of level. So... Um, yeah, I, I think that we should be able to beat Port Vale at home. Um, we can't keep relying on Aziz Wander goals. I do think that eventually we need to be creating a little bit more once we reach the opposition third um, to make sure that we're putting these games away. Um, because, you know, a button and goal, we, we can never guarantee that we're not going to concede. Um, but yeah, this is a game we should really be winning uh, at this stage. I think it's a really good point, actually, to see how far we've come. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at that and thinking, okay, we that's that's another game that we can win at home and, and probably should be winning at home. You know, you are kind of right to say that Port Vale have, have literally just been bobbing along. I mean, they're I was going to say they're languishing in 14th on 30 points, but but I'd I'd swap a lot for that right now. Yeah, to be, yeah. To be in that to have that cushion. I mean, we're we're seven points off them currently. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of of games already played, they're about 
13, 14 off the playoffs, so he doesn't look likely unless they go on a real this run. This is what's wild about League One this season, though. Sorry right. to, to cut you off. Is that yeah. like it's felt like it taken a it's taken us a good chunk of points one, like eight out of twelve to get mm-hmm. out of that relegation zone, and, and now we're back in it. But nine points above us is the top half of the table. So yeah. there's a whole bunch of teams kind of stuck um, between that last relegation spot and halfway up the table which is very, very odd. So there's a lot of, not even dross, just sort of like good for an occasional Saturday and pretty meh for the rest yeah. of it. Um, well, I, I in there that Reading can beat. Right. So we, we played them just as Michael Appleton had taken over, right? So he'd, he'd mm-hmm. been in the job, what, two, three weeks maybe? Obviously mm-hmm. they absolutely hammered us 4-0. He was, they were loving him. Honestly, speaking to Charlton fans before the game, they were like, he's great. Now they want him out. You know, they're, they're, they're 13th. Uh, on, yeah. on 30 points as well they've not kicked on at all right now they've got the players to do it you know for, for me they, they've got some great players they've got one of the top scorers, goal scorers in the in the country at the moment in um, uh, May but actually what what we're looking at here is is a very achievable level you know in, in this league right. and you look at you know the top teams in terms of Portsmouth you look at Bolton you look at Peterborough that, for me they're nothing to be you know, you don't look at them and go, "Wow!" You know, want to emulate their style. You want to, you want to be just like them in terms of the way they play and, and you know, patterns and attacking play and all this kind of stuff. We're not, and this is going to sound. People are going to be be kind of laughing here. We're not a million miles from that. We've got a lot more potential than we've had in previous years, but it's just not. You know, with with sellers or with the off the field issues or whatever it is, it's just not clicked. And that's, I think, yeah. that's where a lot of my frustration comes because I look at these teams and think they're not that good. Like they're really not that good you know Oxford are fifth and they're on a downer you know and it's it's one of those where you look at and go we could we could just be mixing it at the top of the table we really could and we're not and you know if we, if we get relegated from this league we, we deserve it honestly we deserve everything we get because it's we've got enough in this team even with the points deductions to stay up and really now it's about you know kicking on in these games you know getting the job done not making excuses after the game and, and really going for it and I I really, really do feel that we've got enough to, to beat Port Vale. I really do. It's it's not a horrific January for us. We've we've got a lot of potential, no. a lot of games that we can win and 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 you know, move up the table really. So let's hope that twenty twenty four is a is a positive year for us. I don't even want the whole year to be positive actually. I just want the next few months to be positive for this football club. Um and, and for us to, to stay in this league and, and build. Um come what may in terms of transfers out. I'm not saying in because I don't see anyone coming in. Um, but, you know, we, we, I would imagine that we will lose some players this month. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, Ross, continue to get better. Thank you. Enjoy your 55 million centimetres of snow. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I got at least a foot. It wasn't fun. My back hurts from doing even with the snowblower, which is an excellent tool. My back hurts. So uh, anyone else who... Do you drive in it? No, it's a push one. I've got a drive-on lawnmower and a push, you know, uh, but you do need tools for this. But yeah, anyone else who's in the States and listening and got snow, um, I hope this has been a a good, you know, um, snowblower podcast for you. (laughs) We had had a little bit of snow here, actually. Okay. I'll believe it when I see it. No, yeah. honestly, it was it was it was a very heavy light dusting. Of nice. It did look cold mm. yesterday on the on the, some of the football we were watching here at home. So yeah, so hope everyone's keeping really warm. Amazing. Um, and I'm I'm just I'm just hoping for a snow day. Just yeah. fingers crossed for a snow day. There you um, go. That we can all enjoy. Um, let's hope we we can enjoy this week, regardless of the weather. Let's hope we can get a win in the cup tomorrow and then three points back at home uh, against Port Vale on Saturday. Ross, thank you so much for joining me once again. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. Keeps. Oh, actually we were going to do one quick thing. We had a really nice email just reminded me. um, Everyone's like, can you shut up? Cause I want to go and do something else. But I need to say this because Ross sent a really nice reply as well. But we had an email from a Mr. Andy Broad um, and he, he just sent us a really, really nice, um supportive thank you very much a little bit of kind of life story uh email and and he's an exile like ross as well um he lives in sweden at the moment which is 
probably very cold and we're here talking about snow and he's you know sick of it um but i we really appreciate your email andy is what we're trying to say and we won't read it all out because there's some you know stuff in there you probably don't want um you know probably just for us basically but we really really appreciate it and we appreciate you listening and uh i'm glad that you you enjoy it basically because we enjoy recording the podcast um in in any weather confirm sweden is actually even colder than maine right now so that's okay fair enough andy yeah yeah yeah, he's he's winning in the snow stakes, right? He's winning in the f- I'm freaking freezing stakes, basically. Yeah, but no, you know we we really appreciate Andy, and uh, we hope you have a or have had a good New Year and and have a really good year as well, mate. So thank you very much. Um, this is the bye now. This is the goodbye. So thank you very much, everybody. Cheers, Ross. We will see you next week to talk about hopefully two wins, and uh, we will see what else 2024 brings for us in the next few months. Uh, have a good week take care come on you ours Yeah, I mean, look, I think he he, he did a... Uh... We got a cat break going on. Yeah, all right, good. Welcome back to the Tower Hurston Cat Removal Podcast. If you are going to remove your cat, you're going to want a two-handed lift, uh, you know. He's honestly ridiculous.